0: The podcast. Create your own reality. Welcome back to Refined Reality, the podcast season two, with your hosts Bobby Joe, Tracy, aka Miss Money Queen, and PhD candidate Helen Golod. So this week's episode is based on the Disney Pixar movie Cut Out*. And after young Riley is uprooted from her Midwest life and moved to San Francisco, her emotions, joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness, conflict on how to best navigate a new city, house, and school. It was directed by Pete Docter, Ronnie Del Carmen, and honestly, it is definitely one of my favorite Disney Pixar movies. I, it just explains conflicting emotions so well.
1: I get you there. Girl, this movie is the bomb. I absolutely adore this movie. I've watched this movie so many times with my kids. And there's so many life lessons that can be taken out of this movie. Every turn of the movie is something that that can be taught. And it's just visually pleasing and explaining everything so easily. And it's unreal how it takes me back to being a kid and just feeling all those different emotions, happiness, sadness, anger, disgust, um being scared, and it just wraps it all up in a beautiful Disney movie that is just phenomenal, and the themes that come out of this movie are insane, you know, as far as even just how the mother interacts with Riley and how the core mem- the core memories and how if sadness touches them, what happens to them. It's just, I, I I, love it. Like I can't get enough of it. What do you think, Ellen?
2: I think that when I first saw this movie, it really excited me because I think it was the first movie that I could um, imagine that really showed the balance of emotions so perfectly. And they did it in such a way that I feel like not only could kids go, oh my God, yes, this is, this is, how I've been feeling. And this is why maybe I feel off sometimes, but also show it in a way where maybe parents could start to understand their children more, or understand those around them that they love who go through certain mental illnesses, or what they go through even just when they're feeling certain emotions and what it's like in their head, when things are just not balanced. And that for me was um, extremely exciting and it brought back a lot of things for me and how I used to feel. And I cried a few times in that movie. That's how good it was. <laughs> but um, I just think it's one of my favorite, favorite movies that deals with some of, one of the most important things, emotions, um, that I have yet to experience.
0: And at first, when you just read the plot, I feel like it doesn't do it that just, like it does. It honestly doesn't do it justice. It's so simple, but it's the way, it really is the way, like you were saying, how it was executed. And something that stood out the most to me is how when you had one emotion overpowering, how it would immediately follow suit with chaos.
1: Yes, so true, so true. And for me, the, the part that, really stands out in the movie is with the core memories and how when sadness would go and touch a core memory and it would turn blue and then happy would be upset because she's changing that memory and i just like i had like this moment like holy fuck like i did this my whole life with memories from my past and just changing the outlook and understanding that those core memories don't always stay the way they are. If if sadness touches it, then it's not always just going to be a sad memory. And it's just like incorporating different emotions with memories and being okay with not just having one, one emotion associated with one situation or, or past history, being able to combine multiple emotions and creating a new memory entirely.
2: Yeah, that scene was really important. And I think the other side of that it wasn't necessarily that sadness was changing anything she if if she was changing anything it was changing the way she we saw that um that particular scene versus like that anything changed for example the hockey scene that we discover that the whole reason that she was really happy about it was because at first she was sad because she didn't score the winning goal. And then she felt like it was her fault and wanted to quit. And she was sad. And then her parents came and comforted her. And then her team came and supported her in her sadness. And then she became happy. So it's it's how we look at something. You know, we look at it sometimes through rose colored glasses where it's like, oh, this memory was always happy. But what was before right before that? So in a memory it doesn't just have to be happy we can have little parts of it with it like happy sad angry within the overall memory and then at the end if you looked at all her balls and even the core memories it now not just a happy color it was all the colors were there and that really showed you that um it does it's not necessarily about a memory being just happy There were other emotions in that memory that were just as important to the overall outcome, which was her being happy in the end.
0: I also really like the symbolism uh, behind that and uh, concerning emotions and aging, you know, because at first when I watched it, I hated sadness. I was like, oh, what an annoying character out of all the emotions they could pick. Why those specific ones? Right. Because there's pride. There's greed. You know, they didn't make the cut. But then you look at it and it's like, oh, you know, how many sad things in my life turned to be great things? And how many things that I think were so awesome that now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I'm so disgusted. They're so cringy. Like, it was so relatable.
1: Completely relatable. One scene that stands out to me is the part where the destruction ensues, where you see all of, like, the islands that she created. Like, she had, like, hockey land and she had other lands but they were all like disintegrating because everything was kind of chaotic and that was kind of like with my memories like you know i'm i'm going going back to like not being able to do art and stuff and initially was a happy memory but then after something happened triggered sadness and anger and then after it stayed like that so my island of art in my mind for the past 16 years was that was like a disintegrated island of art and then after I kind of just shifted the way that I thought about that memory the way that I felt and it came back to life but it came back to life in a different sense and I I, in a different way and it came out even better but a combination of different emotions like Helen was describing earlier have you guys had that happen
2: uh, yeah, I think it. I think it's. It happens all the time. Sometimes we don't even notice it, right? We we come out of. We get into a depression and we come out of it, and we see things differently. You know, we see family differently, and we enjoy our interactions with our family differently. I think we definitely have those experiences in a different way, and it's kind of okay. And it's like it's ever changing, right? It's our personalities ever changing and our experiences are ever changing and we're growing as people. And so I think um, I do think that that was really important that it showed kind of how she changed. And when there was that new desktop in front of them or that new um, like the, the keyboards that they were using in front of them. It, it had the word puberty and they're like what's that and so it kind of showed that she was growing as a person and developing all these new experiences
1: yeah i puberty that's one thing that i'm gonna have to deal with but overall like i love this movie and uh i don't know about you but i really love like the the character disgust i don't know why maybe it's just her sassiness you guys have like a favorite character just like out
2: of the blue I think I think I like disgust. I don't know. She was sassy and I that movie made me see disgust in a whole different way. Like I just thought disgust was like ew and gross and but just the sass that she brought to that emotion, I just thought hey, I could see this emotion differently now and I I like her more than I did before. And um I thought anger was just the cutest little old man. <laughs> like I love anger so much anger literally reminds me of my husband <laughs> like, that's that's
0: frank you should, like stocky frenchman that just explodes <laughs> but um yeah no mindy cowling did a great job with this guy. i i love her honestly they couldn't pick someone better in my opinion Fear that that is my dominant voice
1: i'm kind of like a mixture between happy and anger like i can like flip on a switch it's kind of fucking weird Like, it's either like, I'm really fucking angry or really happy. And it's just trying to kind of tap into the all the other emotions and being able to work it out. Um, Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. What would you what would you say is your characteristic, um, Ellen?
2: Wow, that's so hard to say. I was thinking about it as I was watching it, (laughs) just watching the chaos when happy And when joy and sadness kind of disappeared accidentally and watching fear and anger and disgust go like, I don't know what to do and panicking, um, that felt like what happens to me when I have anxiety. Um, So it's so hard to like pick one over the other. I, I like to be happy, but yeah, I can flip on a switch and get irritable. So disgust and then even throw in like when i'm irritable it can kind of go into anger and not at anybody just just anger i guess at the situation which then goes to like somebody else gets that anger um and so and then to sadness so it's so hard for me to sometimes pick one cuz it's overwhelming how uh you know i could kind of feel those emotion like go from one to the next to the next so quickly um but I just, yeah, fear, something up that Bobby Joe was saying with the fear when he watched the movie and just wanted to quit and leave and how fear stops us from doing impulsive things. So uh, I thought that was really interesting as well. But as far as who I am, I'm just a mixture of, of all that craziness. <laughs> Sometimes flip the switch too quickly and it it can be a little chaotic and anxiety provoking.
0: See, one thing though, that I'm curious, do you find that you can associate sadness, like the way that she was portrayed in the movie with depression? Or do you feel like there was an obvious difference between depression and sadness? Because it made me really wonder, you know, um, on that cusp of normal, healthy, appropriate emotions versus, you know, um, a mood disorder.
1: I can really associate sadness with depression. And in a sense, like I look at my kids sometimes and when they get sad and they get like sometimes dramatic, quite dramatic, actually. And it associates with like all sorts of a wide array of different mental illness disorders that could be under that umbrella like for example my daughter suffers a lot from anxiety she's got a lot of separation anxiety and things like that so when something doesn't go her way or if things are not in a certain order or if things if she's not sitting in a specific chair or if she doesn't have things in a certain way like she'll start crying on the spot just like that and It associates with sadness, right? Because in the movie, they portray sadness as like this annoying character at the beginning that you just want to like shove in a closet and get out of the way because you're like happy, so happy. Why don't you just let her be happy? And she just keeps doing things and touching things and getting in the way and not doing things that she's supposed to be doing. But being able to like, and sometimes I feel that with my kids, especially with my daughter, Gabrielle, I feel like sometimes she gets so overwhelming and like, It's just like it's a whole association within sadness. So it's not just being sad, but there's
0: also like depression, anxiety, all of those different things that are subcategories to that. And by the end of the movie, personally, I was feeling guilty about feeling that way because right away I was like, fuck depression. Like, honestly, my life would be so much better if I wasn't sad, right? And then I'm just like, like, then I felt bad because I'm like, well, if I didn't have sadness, I wouldn't grow from any of these experiences. You know, I would be a black and white thinker, just flipping a switch. And that wouldn't be a good thing, you know. But then I think of that, um, you know, what you said about having those conversations with your children, Tracy. And I think about my past when my parents, you know, they weren't um, people who would like to talk about emotion, right? So I'd be like, well, you know, I this makes me feel sad. Oh, don't say that. I don't want to hear about it. There'd be like that instant wall up. And for some reason, you know, there's a stigma with sadness and vulnerability. And I felt like it really captures that. And I honestly think this movie is so great for children to really explain and learn about how you feel and why you feel. And like there's so many uh, subtle references to in the animation with, like, the brains and the nervous system and stuff, like, on the different islands, long-term memory, short-term memory, and stuff like that, which I thought were really interesting. I also like the part where they mix up facts and opinion. I like that little, that little cameo.
2: Um, yeah, I think that the stigma with sadness is that if you look in the DSM with depression, I well, may not think use the exact words, but when I, when you see ter- therapists talk about symptoms of depression, sadness is one of those symptoms. So kind of when you see someone sad, it's sort of associated with the symptom of depression and people can sometimes do it as a bad thing. Um, but like anything in, in, in moderation, it's okay. Um, but we're sort of... You know we're we're sort of built to look at it like oh no you're depressed what now and like let's go crazy and I think everyone felt like ah sadness just you know brush her away and then there's this one scene when she sits down with Bing Bong and talks to him and is like um, and Joy wants to stop her from saying these things but she's like oh really so tell me about you and and you know Riley and tell me about the sadness that you feel and I want to hear your story and that sounds like you had a lot of fun. And he went and he cried and he talked about it and said, wow, thank you. Like that really helped me get through this. And then they walked away and happiness was like, who was played by joy was like, what? Wow. Like I didn't, she was starting to understand that sadness is not just a symptom of depression, but sadness is an emotion that if we learned, if we taught our kids, it's okay to feel they wouldn't be avoiding it to the point where they then in the future become stuck in sadness because it's been suppressed for so long that that's all they're able to now see because now it just bursts out of them and they don't know how to balance it and they just see it as a bad thing yeah and if you think about it too what how would
1: you grieve and move on without sadness you can't. Sadness is inevitably a part of grief. And the length of sadness you'll feel is varies from person to person. But there's stages. There's sadness. There's anger. There's acceptance. There's grief. There's all of those feelings during those processes and any kind of process that you can go through. But like Helen was saying, it's important to highlight to be able to feel all of those emotions, not hold them in for a lifetime and be kept Being told when you're young to keep it inside, not show sadness, and then use the example of of growing up and being an adult and just feeling that constant feeling of sadness because you're deprived of of not letting it out, so it's overwhelming, and then anxiety can happen, and depression can happen, and all of those things can happen, and then you're overwhelmed to the point where you can't even get out of bed. So that's what I really do try to teach my children, and even with me, if I I'm feeling those emotions. And if I get angry with my kids and I think, "Holy hell, that was totally inappropriate." And instead of just brushing it off, I'll physically have a conversation with the kids and be open and say like, "That was my bad. Like I should have never I should have never had an outburst like that. That was totally unacceptable on my part and apologize to them and show my vulnerability and being able to show that tells them okay that's okay for them too to have those emotions but afterwards like to move on from that and 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 if you hurt someone in the process of that emotion you know like sometimes i can be like a a roller coaster and like a how do you how would you say um a bulldozer of like emotion and being able to rectify that
2: yeah i agree in that a lot of times what i see with people is that they in the process of having those heavy emotions they may hurt someone and they want to go, well, I was sad, you know, I was depressed. So like, it excuses the behavior. It doesn't. It's maybe it might be a good reason to why you have those emotions, and it might help someone forgive you more. But you can't say, I'm sorry, but you know, it's not I'm sorry, but it's you, your behaviors caused your cause some somebody to be hurt and whether or not you had a good reason for it, it doesn't justify anything. And so being able to take responsibility for those emotions and your behaviors during those emotions is also something important. Like she ran away and then came home and then finally was able to say, I'm sorry. And then talk about those emotions like, Hey, I, I, um, this is what I was feeling. And this is how I handled it because I didn't want to hurt you. And this is how it came out. I'm sorry. And I think that's super important because a lot of people feel that they too many times justify what they're doing with their emotions and don't properly apologize to the people they hurt. So, you know,
0: to sum it up, we feel like the movie was, you know, really well, was depicted really well. Is there anything you feel like, Um, Tracy and Helm that you would have liked to see that you didn't see, like something extra? I Mm -hmm. laugh at this, but when you're talking about puberty, puberty, sorry, I'd love to see that
1: aspect because that's what I'm dealing with right now. And it's a whole slew of other emotions that are coming into play with hormones and everything. So that's something that I think I would have loved seeing in that movie because I need it.
2: It's funny you say that because my sister had to deal with that recently with my nephew and and puberty and emotions and sadness and depression. And it's not like he was there was any trauma. He was I think he was just overwhelmed with having all these emotions growing up and they were trying to find a way through it. So, yeah, actually, a nice sequel about puberty and how to manage those everlasting emotions. Um would actually be quite interesting and I think helpful as well and done in a way where people can relate. Um, But as far as what I, I don't know if it's what I didn't see, but I I think maybe I liked the ending on how they started talking about emotions, but I also would like to see if they do a sequel to start dealing with maybe how we can teach our kids to cope with that those emotions in a healthy way and please talk to your kids about emotions and that it's okay even when they're 6 you know 6 years old they feel emotions they get angry they get upset and they need to know like Hey, you know, you're still going to get in trouble, but it's okay. You're allowed to be upset that you're in trouble. You're allowed to have that. So, but you also have to be respectful and nice about it. You know, feel it and then come and hug us and say you're sorry. Just allow kids to feel whether you believe they're feeling it for the right or wrong reasons. It doesn't matter. Emotions are emotions, and you can't tell anyone that they're right or wrong. You can accept it, respect it, and teach them how to deal with it in a healthy manner. And as a parent, that is probably one of the most important things that you will be able to pass along to your child for them to be better people.
1: Yes, agree with you completely. And another thing too that I forgot to mention is I would love a follow-up movie On just like the parents' emotion side. So we see a lot of Riley's side. I'd like to see like the mom and dad because we've seen glimpses of it during the movie. But I think that would be a good watch, like and an appropriate one too. So that the kids can see that flip side on how the parents' emotion sides go. And that's something too that I've mentioned before in previous episodes of how I become vulnerable. My children, I explain things to them and I talk to them like they're people, like I don't talk to them like they're little babies, where I try to get them to understand my point of view whereas i'm trying to understand theirs and 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 teaching them empathy and that's actually good emotion to add to the to the roster is empathy and being able to learn that so
0: yeah i just wanted to add that i would have liked to see more with the disgust honestly because i found like i would have liked to see more um i guess relevance you know like riley was she just open-minded You know, or I guess maybe because disgust works in tandem, you know, with fear and anger and where she's like morally struggling, you know, Um, struggling, maybe avoiding making a decision. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why was disgust there? Well,
1: disgust is like a normal emotion reaction to have, especially being a child and in this kind of movie setting. Because... You can get disgust in any kind of sense, like any kind of way. And it's okay to feel disgust. I mean, hell, if we didn't feel disgust, we'd all be not showering or not having any kind of hygiene at all. So, like, it's an important emotion, I think, to have as far as that.
2: Yeah. And I think like I was saying before, it showed disgusted a new light to me where, you know, she was sassy and kind of did the uh, whatever, you know, so I, it broadened that definition. So I don't know maybe if they didn't use like the best word, but I think I like that emotion that they were going for Um as far as um it was. I think it helps show like different sides of food. It's not just food that's disgusting. Sometimes people treat you in a way that you're disgusted, like at the dinner table with the family, you know, and and that that was so interesting because she was trying not to act. She was trying to be joy, but she was disgust and it came out in a way that was like half annoyed and half disgust. I don't know. It was, but it was really interesting to see how that emotion kind of evolved from ugh, being disgusted with food and then being disgusted with a life and people. Uh, and I feel like we can all relate to sometimes being disgusted with people in life as we get older. It's true. Maybe
0: I'm not there yet. You know, maybe I'll. I'll, as I age, disgust will will become more pronounced you know maybe I'll be that hey get off my lawn
1: person oh I'm definitely going to be that older woman that's going to just be pissed off for no reason and disgusted for no reason with all that sass definitely
0: (laughs) I I wish I had this of Mindy Callen I love her
2: oh I'm going to be that lady don't touch my cats because I'm going to kick your butt Because I love my cats. So, yeah, I'll I'll get real sassy when it comes to my cats and disgusted. So, I'm going to be that person when I get older. (laughs) Well, that was
0: Refined and Real. Many thanks to you, our listeners, for staying with us until the very end. For more about us and what we do, check us out on our Facebook page, refined reality the podcast and a huge shout out to architect for building our music like what you hear check out his info in our description until next time get some r&r stay curious this is bobby joe signing off